You're listening to The Royally Made, a different kind of podcast helping you grow in power, purpose, and grace. Let's see what it really means to be a royal daughter. In the book Love and War by John and Stacey Eldridge, they say this, Marriage is the sanctuary of the heart. You have been entrusted with the heart of another human being. Whatever else your life's great mission will entail, loving and defending this heart next to you is part of your great quest. Man, this right here I feel just sums up the whole episode of what the enemy is so terrified of. You see, we all have a purpose on this earth to fulfill something great and grand for God. But what we forget is that a big part of our purpose is to defend the heart next to you. Whoever you've decided to link up arms with for the rest of your life, it's important that we remember these six truths whenever we're in an argument or fighting or frustrated or just dealing with the everyday things that happen in marriage. It's so important for us to remember what we're fighting for and who we're fighting with. So let's get into it. The first truth to remember when you're arguing with your man is emotions do not equal the truth. Even though they feel real and often really overwhelming, they are momentary and fleeting whims. Don't say lasting words based on temporary emotions. You know, Jeff and I, a lot of people think that we're really similar, and we are in a lot of ways, but we're also very different. And when it comes to how we process things and how we communicate, we're almost the complete opposite. Jeff likes to get it all out there, and I tend to hold back. As an introvert, I tend to want to process things before I say them, whereas Jeff just kind of wants to say it right now. And so sometimes what happens is when we're in an argument or we're frustrated and we're trying to have a serious conversation, Jeff will keep saying things and saying things and pushing me and pushing me and I'm kind of wanting to process it before I say anything, but he feels like I'm kind of shutting down, which I can tend to do, to, to be honest, but he wants to kind of push me to the point where I'm just going to kind of explode because he wants me to actually just be honest with him. And it's actually usually a relief to him when I do that, which is kind of crazy. But see, what happens is I get pushed and pushed and pushed and all of those emotions and opinions and things that I've been thinking and harboring get boiled up to the surface and then I explode. And even though it sometimes ends up being kind of a good thing, I can sometimes say things that I don't mean. And the problem with that is once I say them, Jeff is usually like, okay, good, now we're getting somewhere. But see, now I'm mad. (laughs) Now I'm really, really mad because I've I've now let my emotions just completely take over. And so now, even if I've said what I need to say and Jeff and I are on the same page and it's actually going good, I'm mad and I'm like full of all these emotions and I can't stop. I can't just let it go. And so sometimes I just have to walk away and be like, you know what, I'm way too emotional right now and I need to stop. But see, too often we don't look at it that way. We don't look at our words as powerful and we let we let temporary emotions create lasting words that sometimes you can't take back. And that's something that we really need to remember. In their book, Love and War, John and Stacy said, we are created for adventure. And if we cannot find one, we start blowing things out of proportion so it feels like we have one. Man, that is so true. I mean, as women too, I feel like we just love drama. We love drama. We love gossip and we love to have things happen. But the problem with that is that desire was given to us by God, not the desire for gossip or drama, but the desire for adventure to to have our life count for something. And when things aren't 
very adventurous in our lives, it can be easy for us to start creating drama and creating problems and creating ways that we're the victim so that we can have some kind of sense of drama or adventure in our life. And we really need to look out for that because what's going to suffer is our marriage. And pretty soon those 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 dramatic things that you were creating to kind of fill your need all of a sudden start becoming real problems. So don't let the enemy have a foothold in your marriage through that. Let your emotions calm down before you have a conversation. The second truth to remember when you're arguing with your man is nobody is perfect, including him. You see, we don't often expect perfection from ourselves, but we will from him. After all, he's our Prince Charming, right? He's the guy who is supposed to take us on this grand adventure and be perfect and just like you see in all the Disney movies. But The thing is, he makes mistakes too, and we need to let him. You know, before we were dating, Jeff Jeff and I were just friends, and he used to do this weird thing where he would like, whenever he had to go up on stage or he had a lot of attention on himself, he would do this thing called a robot walk. Uh, That's what we called it. I don't really know what it was, but it was was just a silly little walk that he would do because he didn't know how to handle the attention or he was just trying to be funny, you know. And when we were just friends, I would think it's funny and I would laugh and be like, oh, Jeff's just being Jeff, you know. But then the moment we started dating, I no longer found it funny. And I would get kind of embarrassed and almost like upset at him. Like, how could he do this to me? How could he not realize how embarrassing that is to me? You see, I felt like I was responsible for him as a person and that everything he did was a direct reflection of me. And I think sometimes when we get married, the things that we used to think were cute or quirky or funny about the other person, as soon as we get married, all of a sudden we start taking it personally and we start seeing it as as a reflection of ourselves. But even though, you know, we're friends and we need to be able to call each other out when we need to, we're not responsible for the other person in that way. And you need to give the other person grace and room to to be themselves and to grow and to realize that not everything is a reflection of you. Allow him to mess up and be okay. He will feel so much lighter for it. The third truth to remember when you argue with your man is that insecurity is real. A lot of what we fight about isn't really about the other person as much as it is about our own insecurity. And I can say this from personal experience. This was a big reason that Jeff and I fought so much during our first year of marriage because I didn't just get insecure here and there. I had like a a stronghold of insecurity in my life. And if you haven't listened to the podcast episode, I believe it's episode number three, getting untangled from the trap of insecurity. I share that story of how I was able to really get freedom from that insecure mindset that I had because it really is a mindset. Um, But I was so insecure. (laughs) And so a lot of the arguments that Jeff and I would get into, you know, they weren't all about me. You know, sometimes Jeff was just being an imperfect person. You know, nobody's perfect. But a lot of times I was just so insecure that I saw and I saw everything through this lens of insecurity. So when we would fight, Jeff would just be like, what the heck? I don't know what's going on. This doesn't even make sense because it wasn't about anything other than my insecurity. You know, I remember one time we were fighting and we had been fighting a lot at this point. This was during our first year of marriage. And I remember Jeff just looked at me and he asked me, he said, you know, I'm not going to leave you, but Let's say the worst happened, and if I did leave you and we weren't together anymore, would you be okay? 
And boy, if if I was so mad, I was so mad. And I said, how could you even ask me a question like that? How dare you? How, why could you ever suggest that we wouldn't be together, that you would ever do that? And I, I think I said something like, well, would you? Because I didn't want to answer the question, obviously. And he said, you know, I would be heartbroken and it would take some time to heal. But he said, yeah, eventually I would be okay and I, my life would go on. And boy, if I wasn't mad then, I was mad now. And I just was so mad. And I stormed off and went into our bedroom, which wasn't far away because we had a little apartment. I was so mad and I slammed the door. And I just, I think I cried for a little bit because I was just so full of emotion and I was so upset. But then I kind of stopped crying and I realized, crap, I know my answer and I don't like it, (laughs) you know, because no, you're not supposed to think about leaving your spouse and that's not supposed to be something that you see as an option. But what I realized is that there was something fundamentally wrong with my identity if I couldn't be okay without my husband. And that's a... That that's something that's really easy for us. I think especially as Christian women, but probably as women in general, it's so easy for us to begin to find our identity in who we are in our marriage and how we are as a wife to our husband. And while these things are good, marriage is good, being a wife is is, is good, um, that cannot ever be our identity because you know what? That could end. Sometimes marriages end. Sometimes they don't last forever. And if that's where your identity is, then the enemy can attack it. You see, the enemy knew I was getting my identity from being Jeff's wife. So that's why he was attacking me in that area so much. Because I would just crumble if he looked at another girl. If if he was nice to, to a girl at work, I would think, well, of course he wants to be with her rather than me. It's such a stupid thing to think. But because I was so insecure... That was how I filtered everything through. So when you're in the midst of an argument, when you're in the midst of frustration, when you're having a hard time with the other person, stop and think, first of all, am I filtering this through my own insecurity? Do I need to take a beat and go to God and find out what's going on in my heart? Or is he being insecure? Because just like I dealt with insecurity, Jeff also has insecurities of his own, especially in that first year of marriage. There were things that he would get really insecure about that I don't even think he recognized at first. And so it's really important to think, you know what, is this coming from a place of insecurity? Because if it is, then you're probably not talking about what you really need to talk about. All right, the fourth truth to remember when you argue with your man is that the devil hates your marriage. And I mean, he hates your marriage. Our enemy is real and he hates marriage because it's a reminder of how nothing is standing between us and Christ. But you see, that means we must stay on guard. You see, when you became a Christian, you were marked by God's spirit, but you were also then noted by the enemy. And when you got married, (laughs) that went up times a hundred. In their book, Love and War, which I've been referencing a lot in this episode, John and Stacy Eldridge say, You live in a world at war. Spiritual attack must be a category you think in, or you will misunderstand more than half of what happens in your marriage. Man, that is so true. Too often, if you're arguing or frustrated or having problems in your marriage, stop and think, Is this even logical? Because so often the enemy will just flat out attack you and convince you of something or plant a thought in your mind just because he hates you and he hates your marriage and he doesn't want you in unity. He wants you in disunity. 
Lisa Bevere often says, Christianity is a battle and not a dream. And if you're going to be brave enough to dream for your marriage, then you need to be brave enough to fight for your marriage. You need to stay strong and remember who the real enemy is. And speaking of that, the fifth truth to remember when you argue with your man is you are on the same team. Again, you're not enemies. Division weakens your power, but unity exponentially strengthens it. That's why the enemy tries to get you in division so much. Refocus your mind and see him as your teammate, the one you're not only fighting with, but also fighting for. In 1 Peter 5.8 in the Passion Translation, it says, Be well balanced and always alert, because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. The word enemy here in the, is the Greek word antidikos, <laughs> which is a legal term for one who presses a lawsuit that must be defended. You know, if someone sues you or files a lawsuit against you, you can't just ignore it and expect it to go away. You have to actively fight against it in order to win and to make it go away. That's how it is with the enemy. You can't just pretend he's not there. You have to actively fight against him. And when it says in this verse, um, he's looking for its prey to devour, the implication in the context, in this context, is that if you do not bring your worries and your cares to God, the devil will use depression and discouragement to devour you. Just as lions go after the feeble, the young, and the stragglers, so the enemy of our souls will always seek out those who are isolated, alone, or depressed to devour them. Man, that is so amazing because sometimes when we think about the enemy devouring us as a roaring lion, we think, well, yeah, if a lion was coming to eat me, I would obviously fight against it. But you see, that's not actually what happens, obviously. But this is how he comes to devour you, by getting you to feel isolated, alone, or depressed, to bring discouragement over you. Have you ever felt these things in your marriage? Because I know I have. And the thing is, when you give in to these emotions and give in to these mindsets, you are allowing the enemy to devour you and to devour your, your marriage and to cause problems that are going to have to be fought against. The enemy wants to isolate you and your marriage. And the only way he can do that is to convince you that the other person is against you. Remember that you are on the same team. All right, the sixth truth to remember when you argue with your man, which I feel is the most important one here, is your love story matters. When things get hard, it's really easy to think that your story isn't nearly as inspiring as hers or theirs or anybody else's, but it's always darkest before it gets light. In the first Lord of the Rings book, The Fellowship of the Ring, Arwen, the she-elf princess, warrior woman, ultimate girl power here. She is trying to save Frodo's life because she's the fastest rider and she needs to save him in order to continue his journey. And so as she's riding and trying to save um, Frodo, the witch king comes up to her and is trying to take Frodo for himself. And the witch king says to Arwen, give up the halfling she-elf. Arwen draws her sword and says back to him, if you want him, come and claim him. I love this so much because even though she's trying to save Photo's life, this is such a beautiful picture of what marriage is supposed to be. You know, we know that the enemy tries to attack us and get into our emotions and get into our thoughts and to make us feel bad about ourselves. 
But sometimes we forget that he actually goes after our husbands too, that they are mighty men of God, that the enemy is trying to discourage and isolate and make them feel like they're alone in their marriage and make them feel like they have nothing valuable to give and that they don't have what it takes to fulfill the call that God has placed on their life. And while we want our husbands to rise to the challenge and be the men of God that they were called to be, we need to remember that we were given a special authority and a special strength to not only share the adventure with him, but to also help protect him and fight against the enemy when he's trying to attack him. We need to draw on the sword of the word of God and say back to fear and discouragement, if you want him, come and claim him. You'll have to go through me because he is mine and I'm not letting you have him. That is the attitude that we need to have, not only as royal daughters, but as wives of the mighty men of God that are in our life. Remember to hold on to each other and know that the story you are writing is worth fighting for. You know, in medieval times, the men would use their swords to destroy enemies, take ground, and cut down threats. But women would use the sword in a very different kind of way. They would use it to bestow honor and call the men to a higher purpose by knighting them. In her book, Fight Like a Girl, Lisa Bevere says, The knight does not fear the sword when it is in her hand. In her possession, it is no longer a weapon, but an instrument of transformation. It is not presented to threaten, wound, or strike the man. It is extended to set him apart. He is no longer the same. As a knight, his life has been expanded and his name enlarged to encompass a title and eventually a legacy. He has been dubbed and elevated. This means both weight and honor have been added to his name. With the sword, she transfers power and confers something only she can give, a higher purpose and reason to live. Man, I love this so much. What men use to go out and fight battles and slay dragons, women turn on its side so that we don't slash with the edge of the sword, but we tap from one shoulder to the next as we bestow honor and we call the men to a higher purpose. Don't sink so low that we use our words to cut men down, to cut our husbands down, to cut anyone down. Instead, wield your words, the sword of God's word, as an instrument to call out the prince within the man that you see, to call him to a higher purpose, to give him a reason to go out and slay the dragon on your behalf. Remember these six truths because the enemy is constantly trying to come against your marriage because it is something that he truly cannot understand and he cannot stand against. When we stop laying down in our frustrations, our arguments, and our expectations, then we will move forward in unity. There is nothing that can stop the story of your marriage from fulfilling every adventure that was written specifically for you. I hope this episode encouraged you today. If you want to hear more episodes in the future, then make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And until next time, remember that you are fearfully and royally made.